and welcome to episode 28 of the Brood Sages, Stormbound Players with a Head for the Game. I am Freeloader. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Arthas and Sabaiku. Sabaiku, how's it going tonight? Fantastic. And Arthas, welcome back. How are you doing? I am doing amazing. I'm feeling really refreshed. Yeah. Glad to hear it. We are the Brood Sages, easily the second best Stormbound related podcast in production. And as a reminder, you can always follow us at Brood Sages on Twitter. Or for all of you who couldn't believe that Skeletor got away again, our email address is thebroodsages at gmail.com. Now, guys, uh, some community news. There's there's something new going on in the Heroes League this month, which is pretty funny. Uh, Sabaiku, uh, what's going on between Overdrive and Zemu? Overdrive and Zemu have an agreement to concede as low as they can, all the way down to zero crowns, and then race back up as high as they can after that. It's going to be hilarious to watch. They're on their way down now. Hopefully they get there soon. Apparently getting down to zero takes a lot longer than I thought it would. Based on my win rate, I thought I'd be there right now too. Yeah, Arthas, it's kind of funny how uh, many people are fighting and uh, for, for every last scrap of crown points and, and here these two are <laughs> and they can't give them away fast enough. Yeah, it's funny that people are really trying their best to find other ways to enjoy this, <laughs> which uh, props to them. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, it's been a bit difficult. It, that definitely was a big change. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I do like this. I do like this. It's very, very creative. Yeah, the, 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 the Heroes League is starting to bifurcate a little bit. There's definitely a different feel uh, when you queue into somebody who's in the top 100 or certainly the top 50 or top 10. Um, the, the quality of the decks they're playing, the seriousness of the deck lists and stuff like that are very, very notable. But when you start queuing into people who are, you know, maybe above 100, certainly above 200 in their rank, you're starting to see a lot of fun and different ideas and stuff. Um, and and so it's it's becoming a much more diverse meta than it has been, which is a fantastic uh, uh, segue into our main topic of the week, guys, which is... I want to know the frequency of what will be facing me. I don't want to waste my time. Our meta report, uh, it is out for April. Uh, we want to give a big thank you to each of our volunteers and everyone who uh, helped collaborate. So, Sabaiku, I will let you take the first step here and walk me through the archetype frequency score for April. We do have some shakeup here. Ironclad Ooh. is the, still the most played faction, um, and we see more mid-range and rush than control inside Ironclad. Uh, but, you know, we're having the same problem we had last month, really, which is Ironclad mid-range decks and rush decks are looking very similar, and we don't have a lot of confidence in our ability to discriminate between the two right now. So while we say mid-range is the most played, it it very well could be rush is actually the most frequent archetype for Ironclad. Um, so just be wary when you when you queue into an ironclad they they might try to steamroll you uh, or they might try to blitz you you never know <laughs> yeah, 
Arthas. This was this is interesting because last month, if you recall, Ironclad, Midrange, and Rush were running MERS. Um, just because so much value, uh, uh, they didn't want to give it up. Now with Mers gone, Ubus has stopped being quite as exciting in the deck. And so you're seeing a dragon package being added with like Embers, <laughs> yeah. or Elof, or both. Yeah, I mean, I the, the fa- my, my favorite thing about it is seeing a lot of uh, level 5 Eloths happening now. Like, it's actually really, really cool. I mean, the ability to like jump all the way from your baseline to the top to put a runner or to put Embers in... Or just to push yeah. like a really large body away. It's like really, really cool that people are experimenting now. And that's great that the balance changes can do something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. So Sabaiku, uh, if you're telling me that um a lot of people are playing these kind of ironclad decks with something like embers in it, that makes me think that maybe Winter's gonna see a lot of uh uh play to counter that with freeze to stop the death rattle right well we do see winter control very highly played um but winter as a whole is still not uh not our most prevalent faction by any stretch uh we see winter and swarm at about the same rate uh but we see uh, this month for the first time more shadow fen than swarm or winter that's Ooh. really that's the shakeup. is that shadow fen now is uh becoming pretty popular mostly in a mid-range a uh, little bit of rush and a little less control, uh, but it's it's out there. People are playing it a lot more than they used to, uh, be it um, because of Heroes League or just because you're sick of Ironclad and it's a pretty good counter. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so so Quok and Real Shht were both running a Bragda uh, Shadowfan deck at the end of last month in their one and two finishes i know the merc is running uh uh, uh shadow fan from time to time a lot of the top 10 are running uh bragda decks right now so so that does make sense that we see it is there anything uh uh notable about swarm then i mean no. in my experience <laughs> i Nothing. guess for most people probably not it's just the same old same old right no 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 swarm mid-range swarm mid-range is starting to see a lot more play and a balanced amount of play with swarm rush Ah, oh, oh, that's because these Rush players are now using things like Zuri. Maybe even pu- putting right? in some bucks in there, but they're still playing the same thing. <laughs> they only really drop that mid-game if they have to. I feel like they're sneaking Zuri into these decks kind of like the same way that Eloth works, right? Is to just try to jump your front back? Yeah, but also to get that value, you know? <laughs> no, also, this might be an artifact of our sampling right we do tend to focus more on the higher leagues where zuri play and mid-range play is more common For uh, sure. it's probable that as you're as you're hitting your ladder grind on the way up to diamond or on the way up to the heroes league you're probably still going to be seeing more rush than mid-range um i i think that this is a polling error a sampling error rather than a, a real phenomenon. Okay, all right. That's certainly possible. You don't think there's one, though, with Swarm Control? I think that that is an error <laughs> because we're seeing Swarm Control. <laughs> hey, no, no lie. I, I, I have seen several still. Aaron Needle Blast Blade Storm with, like, uh, uh, the, the uh, uh, Pillars of Doom. Pillars of Doom, baby. Like, like. It, I, I've 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 run into it maybe twice already this month. 
out of 40 games. So somebody out there is doing it and bless them. All right. So moving on from our uh, frequency score, Arthas, let's talk a little bit about power. Who, who's got tier one right now? Right. Tier one. Guys, you wouldn't believe this one. It's it's freaking ironclad midrange. My gosh. Why oh. is it still up there? <laughs> I don't even see it at the top of Heroes League. I don't. <laughs> I, I would take the the next three as the actual top three in Heroes League. But I guess, I don't know, in Platinum or Diamond, I guess you see it a lot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, again, remember that if we're having trouble discriminating between mid-range and rush, I think it's pretty reasonable to say that some sort of like hybrid aggressive ironclad is really the top here and you know take take the differentiation with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But let's move over to the other archetypes. We got second place, Winter Pact Control, always up there, and the uh, Shadow and Midrange being the third. Um, not surprising with all the Bragda talk and experimentation up here. And uh, we actually have four tier three decks right now. And that's uh, Ironclad Rush being the fourth one. Pretty interesting. Uh, tier one decks. Yeah, that's true. Tier one. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Sabaiku, Arthas brings up a good point here. Um, the, the, the Bragda Shadowfen decks were responsible for the top finishes last month. At the top of the Heroes League leaderboard, we see a lot of Bragda Shadowfen. Um, this reminds me of, there used to be discrepancies for those of you who, who played in Hearthstone. Um, there were two meta reports, and there's probably more than that now. One came out by Tempo Storm and was created um, by polling of professional level players. And the other one came out from a, a, a group called Vicious Syndicate. And theirs was purely data driven based on actual win rates recorded in matches. And there would sometimes be discrepancies where the Vicious Syndicate would say, look, Ironclad Midrange has the best overall win rate. It doesn't matter what league you're playing in. It just wins more than anything else. And Tempo Storm would say, well, that might be true, but only because you don't know how to play this other deck better. This other deck is actually capable of producing higher results if you have the skill to do it. Do you think that might be what we're seeing here with Ironclad Midrange being number one, but actually all the top players are playing Bragda? Yeah, well, first of all, not not all the top players are playing Bragda. There's a healthy counterplay here. Sure. Uh, you notice that we do have like an aggressive ironclad rush mid-range hybrid, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. mid-range Shadowfen, and a winter pack control as our top three separating themselves from the rest of the pack, right? That's not a mistake, I think, that these are very clearly just the three best archetypes in the game for each of the for each of the three factions that are the best in the game but there's a big difference between the overall win rate and the counter cue into specific decks if you know what your opponent is likely to play and when you're playing in say the top 20 of the heroes league you're more likely to cue into other top 20 players so you want to be able to counter what they're bringing a little bit which means you want to bring something that is either hard to counter yourself or something that plays into the weaknesses of the other decks. And I think that's what you see here with with these top three. It's not necessarily that Shadowfen midrange is more powerful because of a skill cap like that top players possess that other people's don't. Uh, it's not necessarily that Shadowfen midrange preys on a weakness. Um, it might just be also that it's a very flexible deck and it doesn't have a glaring weakness. And that makes it more desirable to play at the top level. 
that's a really good point. Would you rather have an 80% win rate into one matchup and a 20% win rate into another? Or would you rather have something that just kind of generally wins at about 60% where you can influence the outcome a little bit more? Yeah, that's very well said. Yeah, I think the last thing that I, I, our readers slash listeners should bear in mind when they look at this is I don't necessarily know that we have perfect granularity to be able to differentiate one through three ideally. I think just if you look at the chart and you walk away with, wow, an aggressive hybridish ironclad mid-range winter pack control and Shadowfen mid-range are clearly head and shoulders above everything else, then that takeaway jives almost perfectly with, hey, what are the players in the top 10 of the Heroes League playing? Answer one of those three decks in all likelihood. Um, you drop from there into tier two and, and, and Arthas, let's, let's go through uh, tier two now, but these decks are not being played as much by the top uh, uh, players either. So I think the differentiation that we can do between tier one and tier two is more accurate than necessarily deck best one versus deck best two kind of a thing. Right. So for the tier two decks um, from the highest power to the lowest of the tier two, okay, since we already went through tier one, we have a Swarm Midrange, Shadowfen Rush, Swarm Rush, and Winter Midrange. Oh, and also Shadowfen Control, kind of up there. Just barely. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've seen some poison sometimes, actually. I do love seeing some Venom fall from time to time <laughs> and getting uh, getting destroyed by Mark the Spray. That's, it's, it's really fun to see, actually. <laughs> it's one of those decks that I can never make work and I lose every game I try with it, but every time I play into it, I am so scared, and it's such a battle. It really is. It really is. Are we surprised by anything in here? This all feels about right looking at it to me. Yeah, no, it looks pretty good. It's just, uh, it just there's, there seems to be a lot of deviation from what I noticed in the top 30 in Heroes League, because I've been there basically uh, the entire time, top 30. Well, <laughs> this isn't this isn't play rate. We're looking at at at, at power level. Mm-hmm. We're saying mm-hmm. all of no, we're yeah. saying all of these are stepped down. Or, or, do you feel like Zuri Swarm, for example, is is like a top tier level power? Well, tech, well, right now it is a tier two, right? <laughs> but I'm more one. I'm more I'm more concerned about Ironclad mid range up there because I'm only seeing one person play it, to you know, to some decent success. But like the ones sure. that are really uh, hammering is uh, Winter Control. There's almost there's almost hardly any counterplay to it, to be honest. Every and then I've been matching with it all the time, and now I'm forced to play it all the time, and I'm dealing with thirty minute matches because of Ulf spam. I mean, I don't have the levels for a good Shadowfen mid range, so sadly I cannot try that. Nor the levels for Ironclad Rush. So I'm kind of stuck with Winter Control, but like. Based on what I see, because I have a fully max winter control, I don't know, man. Winter seems to be like the best one up there, because uh, they can just abuse Ulf and mana gain. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's just that's just that's just me. Oh, and people abusing Siren, but uh, that that's just my. That's outside of the factions. Yeah, definitely seeing a lot more Siren now that the play rate of Ubis has gone down. People are like, well, if I can't do twelve damage to the base with Ubis, I'm just gonna run Siren instead. <laughs> Do twelve. It really to is. It's really so. It's so annoying. <laughs> but you know, it it makes sense to have Siren in more and more decks. When you see at the top, you have really Ironclad is the only aggressive deck. You have a slower Shadowfen mid range. You have a slow Winter Pack control. If you know the game is going long, it's it's nice to have a flexible tool like Siren that can clear the board for you or also 
clear your opponent for you? Yeah, I, I think the, the argument for Siren has always been she's incredibly powerful, but she's nine mana and the games don't go that long. Uh, so unless you're playing a mana gain winter deck, she's just unwieldy in any other deck and the game is slowing down. I found that to be a uh, false lately. Because a lot of people have been playing Ironclad Control. And, you know, in here in the power... Oh, that that's one. Yeah, here in the relative power, Ironclad Control is the top of Tier 3. Third worst archetype. Even though I know, I would say Ironclad Control is definitely the top 3. Especially with Siren. I am seeing so many people play the exact one that Merc was using. Was using. He probably found a better Shadowfin deck now. But uh, it, it runs Siren and just a bunch of uh, control cards. Siege Breakers, you know, Green Gale, uh, Scrap Planners. No other win con whatsoever. Just just board clear and Siren. And uh, oh my god, did it totally kick me like crazy many times. <laughs> Simply because of Siren. Actually, just because of Siren. Like, they had no, they had no chance of like, just dealing with my stuff. But then they just like hit me with that 12. At 11 mana. It hurts. Really it dumb. hurts. And there's no real counterplay with how much strength she has. You can't even block with units. Unless you have structures. No. But they're running Siege Breakers anyway. Right. You know? They, and then they can go from the middle of the board. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you got two ways to counter it. You can either kill them before 9 mana, which is not easy. Or you can never take a point of damage so that the siren doesn't bomb you from from the middle of the board like that yeah, that's not great counterplay in siren either option is being used mainly as a runner a crazy high power runner and you know i was thinking about it i was thinking about her stats cuz the biggest problem that i have about her is the strength i mean sure she already has the capacity to kill 1000 strength rhymes three of them right in one play <laughs> Okay. Which would be one hell of a game, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, then, uh, and then, why does she have that much strength? She doesn't need that much. And then she also has some crazy speed to boot with it, right? And I was thinking, you know, if we compare it to something like Salty Outcast, right? Seven mana, two speed, ten strength, level five. Now, sure, if we sure. add one mana, then we can give Salty Outcast three speed, right? Add another yeah. mana, then we'll give him up, we'll bounce him up one level. That would be like 12 HP. As per, you know, the usual pattern in Storebound. And oh my gosh, is Siren just a freaking overbloated vanilla card that people have realized is so abusable now? <laughs> well, I mean, she is a legend versus a common, right? So legends should be able to do a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I, I totally agree that we're seeing tons of play. And she is incredibly valuable as a runner, not only because of her three speed, but because playing defense even with a giant unit doesn't really work <laughs> right yeah. you can't you can't put something in the way and just say well i'll stop runners this way because with three movement she can even take a left turn and go back into base kind of a thing um so i agree that she is super powerful i don't i don't know because i'm seeing her being played right now in basically everything yeah in the heroes league it, you know i've seen bragda decks with siren i've seen you know uh, ironclad mid-range decks running siren over the top it's just if you have level five siren right now it's a great time to put her in everything um i don't know that she necessarily helps one faction over another um like i know brujosa said that ubis was seeing more benefit from being played in ironclad mid-range last month because of uh scrapped planners 
and MERS tokens being so oh, and prevalent. Too. And Mia, right. And me, well, we actually, don't you remember we streamed and somebody was actually playing no towers, but was playing Mia simply for two Ubis pings. They were just playing me as a two drop <laughs> yeah. in that deck so that they, they had no towers. That's like me playing my naked Edric <laughs> for the two <laughs> exactly. Ubis pings. <laughs> yep. Um, so, so yeah, so, uh, I mean, I, it's, it's too early to say that she's problematic. I think if the games are going that long, it does mean that, that one of Sheepyard's stated goals of trying to make the games long enough that all cards at all mana costs are effectively potentially playable is working. Uh, because if I see Siren in a Shadowfen deck, then I know, I know the games are going long enough. Uh, to justify playing her, so yeah, so, you know that that's uh, a very good point, and I agree with that. I just I just hate seeing it all the time, and you know it, every time if you see something all the time, it's never a good thing. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. All right, um, quick shout out then to our our, our tier three decks: Winter Pack, Rush, Swarm Control. We hardly ever knew ye. Uh, and Ironclad <laughs> Control is is in there, but it's a huge jump up. It really, I think, it should be kind of considered in the tier two decks with basically everything else. Um, We'll we'll wrap that up for now because I'm very excited about this, Sabaiku. We have our new BS Power Index uh, that we are <laughs> that we are bringing out this month for the first time. Uh, can you walk us through this? Yeah, this is something that we talked about last month uh, that Arthas proposed, I believe, if I'm remembering that correctly. And Heck yeah, we we finally got it implemented into this month's meta report. And all that this does is create a scatter plot with our strength score on one side and our frequency score on the other side and draws a line up the middle. And you can see pretty much everything falls along the line with some variation from it. So if you see a point that is higher on the strength score above the line, then that suggests that it's not being played as much as its power would indicate. And on the other side, if you see a point below the line, that suggests that it's being played more than is appropriate for its power level. The example that I'll use here is the one we've gone back to over and over again. Swarm Rush comes in at a relatively high frequency, but the power level, the strength isn't there to support it. So we think it should be played less for how strong it is. And then on the other hand, you have something like our ironclad rush, which is high above the line, meaning that it's stronger than we think it's being played. Now, again, that's kind of because the the mid-range and rush there for ironclad uh, has a lot of of gray area there. Uh, Another good example is Freeloader's favorite, the Shadowfin Control. Uh, well above the line in terms of strength, meaning it's actually pretty strong. It's just that it's not played. It's one of the bottom three free, most frequently played archetypes. Yeah, I've been trying to play some sort of Shadowfen control this month, and and the biggest problem that it has is that it can control, but it has no win condition. Uh, so then when you start putting in a win condition like Chip, you just stop playing it like a control deck and start playing it like a runner chip deck. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You I, just, mean, I, you I saw your to... deck. You have you have three chip cards in there. I do. I do. I, I've got lots of AOE, but I'm not using it. Like I'm just I'm just going aggressive and playing like a rush deck. And then once I get cleared, I play it like a chip deck. And and you know you, you build it like a control deck. And you know if anyone played against me, uh, I don't think that they would 
classify me as a control deck after they were done. It was my intent of creating one, but the best way to play a control deck is to control the face in Shadowfen. Uh, and so that's what I do. <laughs> but this is very cool. Uh, uh, being able to see this uh, line gives you an idea of uh, uh, kind of what's being overplayed, what's being underplayed, um, and maybe what what things to try to avoid playing, uh, you know, based on either, you know, not wanting to run into a lot of mirror matches or, oh, you know, there there might be a reason, like in Shadowfen Control's case, there might be a reason why, yeah, it's strong, but it's not seeing a ton of play because, well, it, it's it's really hard to, to to put together a deck that actually works right for it right now. It's not in the best place in the world. With that, let's uh, move on and and just sort of what are our, our our final thoughts on the meta? How do we how do we feel it is uh, in comparison to say last month? And I'll start with Arthas. I gotta say I'm really proud that the uh, the the tiny adjustments to Ubis and Mers actually you know, provided some significant results. I'm seeing it at a very healthy rate and at a very healthy power level too. I mean, the Ubis one actually was a big change. Like, wow, I take back what I said. <laughs> I'm seeing significantly less pings with them. And then uh, Murs, um, I know, especially when you, you're fighting the same people, When I even when I know they have Murs in their decks, like I find times where they can't even play it anymore. Same with me when I play Mers. There are times when I can't play anymore just because of the no movement. It's uh, it's nice, but you know, people are still playing it, and that's the best part about it. They did not get gutted down to uh something unplayable. They still have their their spot in the meta, and I'm just really happy for that. Yeah, we were very skeptical of those changes when they were announced, but we do have to give Sheepyard credit there. Um, you know, we've praised their light touch on balance changes in the past, and we thought this would be too light and not effective but really it, it feels like they hit the nail right on the head with this one yeah actually i i, I think it's funny that uh Brzoza even like babe ruthed the call and said this is going to reduce ubis's pings by 12 percent and as someone who's now mainlining ubis because he did become my my first level five uh legendary this month after the nerf i put the fusion stones in he's absolutely right it's it's just toned down. It's the same card. It's still quite powerful, but it is no longer head and shoulders more powerful than all the other five drops in the deck in the game. And I love it. It just 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 that that small amount of change has changed the play rate. You're exactly right, Subaiku. We, credit where credit is due. These balance changes were perfect. Uh, I no longer find either play rate to be un untenable or uh, you know I can't I can't queue into another game. I don't want to see Mers again. Um, but yeah, to Arthas's point, they're both seeing play. Mers in very specific decks that can afford that tempo loss. And Ubis, basically, uh, you know, because he's still a very good five drop. And speaking of very good five drops, that brings us to our card of the week. Uh, and Arthas, I'll let you introduce our card of the week. Uh, yes, yeah, so our card of the week here, uh, we know him as Simba in Disney's Lion King. Uh, Loris, King in Exile! It's, got, it's a neutral legendary feline. Five mana. It's got one movement. And uh, from level, one's, one, level one to five, his strength is five, six, seven, eight, and ten. Exactly the same as uh, Heroic Soldiers. But uh, he's a little cooler than Heroic Soldiers. You know, he's got those uh, amazing whiskers. And that is his effect before attacking an enemy unit. Force all enemy units bordering the one he attacked. 
that are um, from levels 1 to 5, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 strength or less to attack that uh, initial unit that Loris, you know, targeted. So uh, I know that that sounded a lot. That's not exactly what the uh, <laughs> the effect says, but I tried to explain it a little more clearly. But basically, Loris can attack uh, a main enemy and any other, like, enemies bordering that one will, will basically be forced to attack into that, giving you some really nice, like, value and board clear, being able to clear multiple with it and uh, Loris having a really big body to come... To come with it it's a really nice tech card for control decks well not just for control decks sabaiku uh this is one of the first times we're bringing in a card that is actually uh having an emergence in the meta right Th this card is is becoming sort of the favorite replacement for ubis and in, in mid-range decks as well right mm -hmm. yes when you're playing these mid-range decks and you're fighting for control in the middle of the board in the early game Loris can really if you can set up your positioning so that Loris can really just clear your opponent send them back to their baseline and let you uh, own the middle of the board for the next couple of turns and set up your attack it's it's something that is you know really like you said seeing a, a lot more play now and uh definitely rewards the players who have a lot of skill in setting it up mm -hmm. yeah i myself i use him a lot in my mid-range decks lately because i've really seen his power even more especially as people were using him against me <laughs> uh, i actually he's one of my top choices as the one of my control cards for mid-range and uh, he's very very effective at just baiting enemies to like go ham on your baseline and you just clear them like that <laughs> it's really really nice it punishes ubis play too right because with ubis you're always putting a 10 strength next to something weaker or multiple something weaker right and um oh yeah right so now you can attack say uh, you know a four strength that's next to ubis ubis hits it uh now you're you're clearing multiple bodies you're spending less mana than your opponent and taking the board back like it it really works out well. Yeah, in fact, um, so I've been playing Ubis and seeing the increase in Loris play. And at first I tried experimenting where I would put my uh Loris my my Loris, my Ubis uh and and the other units uh um diagonal from each other so that they weren't bordering but just surrounding. Uh and that forces you to play units back on like row three. Uh, and it turns out that the tempo loss of just playing those units so much further back to play around Loris was so bad that I've now decided that it's better to simply play Ubis as optimally as possible and just hope they don't have Loris. <laughs> Same with Zuri players. I, I love using it against Zuri. <laughs> oh gosh, this is so... It's so mean. It's so mean. <laughs> Yeah, if you're wondering why 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 uh, swarm mid range can't crack into tier one, uh, uh, this isn't helping that at all. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, important to note this is a legendary. I think it might be the first legendary that we have talked about in card of the week. Um, uh, we are also seeing as a replacement for Ubis within the meta Void Surgers. So for those of you who don't have the deep pockets or the longevity of playing in the game that you have a level 5 Loris, uh, Void Surgers is also out there as a reasonable uh, facsimile to this. The problem, One of the biggest problems, I think, for mid-range playing Void Surgers is just you don't get the tempo, you don't get the movement, right? One of the great things about Loris, to, to Arthas's point, is... 
even if your opponent has no units on the board and it's a control deck you're playing against, it's still just a good 10-1. Like, it moves forward and puts 10 on their base. This is good. Yeah, definitely more flexible than Void Chargers, but you do what you got to do when you don't have a legendary at a high level. Yeah, for sure. Mine's only three with one extra copy. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, All right, well, that's going to end the main portion of this episode. Uh, which means it's time for me to remind you to please contact us, preferably in our channel in the Stormbound Discord server or on Twitter at BroodSages. You can always email us at thebroodsages at gmail.com. For now, we have an additional way for you to reach out and support us. We started a few uh, months back now a Gumroad account where you can become patrons of our work. Check out that link on our Stormbound Kitty page. This week, we've heard from MKM. He said spot on regarding the matchmaking and also go hipster Stormbound community. Evil Deck says, wait, with this information, I can make low quality blurred photoshopped images. <laughs> I don't know what that's in regards that, to. That, that makes me a little bit nervous. <laughs> that's regarding our uh, video episode last oh, time. Our video. Oh, oh no. Boy. Don't do it. Don't do it. Danger. I'm sad that Danger. I was left out for that. I would have loved to show my face out there. <laughs> we'll do it again in the future for sure yeah for those of you who don't know with arthas living on the other side of the planet now uh we are kind of bouncing around between doing night episodes and morning episodes this is being recorded early in the morning for sabaiku and i and neither of us are showered so you're not seeing a video of this one <laughs> uh, the merc says fantastic lewis says nice video guys good to see some faces behind the player names keep it up uh, we've heard uh, from Patrick Nixon for the first time. First of all, great channel and great content. Very pleased to have found your channel from Reddit. Nice to hear the opinions of some high-level players. Uh, I assume you're talking about Arthas there. With uh, experience under the belt. Secondly, I am level 12 silver gold player, primarily level 1 and 2 cards, using Shadowfen Dragon setup. Ooh, Ooh let's okay. go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at around the 18, 19 minute mark, you discuss the brawl level disparity and I can confirm virtually 90% of the matches I entered into were against level 18, 19s and 20s. Oh, good Lord. And boy, was it unfortunate for me. I wish they would fix this in particular as having to pay gold to enter the match only to see a level 20 opposite me with level five cards is crazy, stupid and extremely off putting. I think he may have picked up some uh, whale language after seeing so many of them. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's rough. Uh, the next one is from Reckless Rush, which we're just going to skip over due to time constraints. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. He says Sabaiku is such an angel and it's true. He is Ubermensch says um, LMAO. You guys sound very different from what you look. That's cool. The podcast is stepping up. I grew to like Arthas's participation since the episode he was introduced, and he definitely became part of the family. Hope my dude gets better soon. Chalk5 says, just want to say that I really enjoy the podcast. Been listening for several months now, and I'm super impressed with the quality of what you guys put together. Also, Freeloader and Sabaiku, your voices are perfect radio voices. Yeah, so are our faces. <laughs> Seriously, if you ever did other podcasts, I'd subscribe. I'd subscribe. Whew, that was a lot. You know, we, we had none last week. It was like the community was just kind of holding back, waiting for an avalanche this week. <laughs> Feedback. That was all great. Thank you for to everyone who who reached out to us. That was fantastic. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode. For Arthas and Sabaiku, I am Freeloader. We are the Brood Sages reminding you to stay hydrated.